Well, good morning, everybody. We, uh, we're going to start today with our scripture memory passage. If anybody has it, it is Romans 1, 18, 19, and 20. So kind of longer today, um, but still a good little text of scripture. So can anybody state from memory Romans 1, 18, 19, and 20? And that's what I get for having three verses to start the process as opposed to one verse to start the process, right? All right, so we'll keep the stuff for next week. So if you've got your Bibles, um, flip over to Romans chapter 1. That would be helpful. That's where we'll start today. So last week we looked at the existence of God uh, and really saw how God puts this uh, inner sense of Himself in all of humanity. Uh, we also looked at the evidence in Scripture. We looked at the evidence in nature. Uh, for the existence of God and, and kind of came to the conclusion that ultimately only God can reveal himself. So, so we like to think sometimes that our arguments and our discussions and our comments and points can all drive somebody toward this. We'll force you to understand that God exists. And the reality is un- until God uh, makes himself aware to someone in a very personal way, there's, there's no magic formula or magic words that make that happen. So we're going to kind of extend that thought today when we look at the knowability of God. So, um, so when I was reading through Grudem's book, uh, Systematic Theology, and I saw the title of this chapter, uh, I immediately uh, went to my closet, pulled out my uh, NFL quality challenge flag, and threw the challenge flag down right there in the middle of my living room. Uh, because knowability is not a word. Right, And I know it's not a word because when I type it into Microsoft Word, I get those little scriggly red uh, marks underneath. So, um, so we're going to use knowability in a very uh, broad sense. Um, and I liked what, how he developed this particular chapter, but um, the, the first kind of concept here is that the necessity for God to reveal himself to us, which I think is a good extension of this last thought in the last chapter. So here's your first couple blanks. If uh, quote from Grudem, if we were to know God at all... It is necessary that He reveal Himself to us. It is necessary that He reveal Himself to us. So one of, the, one of the beautiful themes that I think we see in Scripture is that God takes this initiative. Uh, he never hangs back and waits to see, oh, I don't know, maybe I should act, maybe I should. He always takes this initiative. Um, this is one of the themes that I saw when we went through the Essential 100 a couple of years ago and looked at all these different passages all the way through the Scripture. And even from Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God and then did something. And then He did something else. And then He did something else and something else. And it sets the stage for the entire rest of the book. So this knowability of God is dependent upon God revealing Himself to us. So, so Romans 1.19, which I was going to use if anybody had quoted them, uh, basically says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So sometimes we, we really um, emphasize this concept that, that there is this inner sense of God in all human beings, but the reason it's there is that God put it there. It is not there because we, in our wisdom, figured it out, or it's just so apparent, or it's, just, it's because God put it there. Uh, so think back to Christmas, this past Christmas, where, where, wherever you celebrated Christmas. And the question I ask is, why were there presents under that awful gaudy tree in your home? Why were there presents there? 
because somebody put them there, right? It, they did not just magically show up, right? Somebody put them there. This is the cause and effect nature of the universe. So, uh, so it is necessary that God reveal himself to us. Now, uh, let's flip over to Matthew eleven twenty seven. Are those? Is that whole section in your notes? Are all those verses there in your notes? Matthew eleven twenty. Okay, good. So uh, Grudem makes this statement. He says, with regard to the personal knowledge of God that comes in salvation, this idea is even more explicit. So, so if we take, um, I think I can draw this. If we take all that is to be known about God, I'm gonna. This is not good. I'm about to put God in a box. So I apologize for the Venn diagram. Um, if, if we take all that is knowable about God, so God is here, right? And if we take uh, salvation, okay? So the concept of salvation and God's function inside salvation, would you agree that it is a smaller piece than all of God himself? Okay. So specifically related to this, Grudem's point that he's making is that the closer we get to this, the more explicit and the more direct God has to be in dealing with individuals. Okay? So um, that'll hurt your head for a couple of weeks. All right? It, it's still hurting mine, but let's look at a couple of verses. So Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things. So who's speaking here? Jesus is speaking. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, which is great, because I know the Son, so we're good, right? Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. So if you want to know the Father, you have to know the Son. This is the process that this goes through. There's not another mechanism. 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. So this idea that, that the unregenerate, the unsaved, the, the person that does not know Jesus Christ, does not have a mechanism within them to initiate this understanding. Right? It, it's, it's just not there. Um, I don't have a mechanism using only what I am wearing right now to go 700 miles an hour. Would you agree? It is not possible. Julie's going, yep, pretty much. (laughs) Um, And in fact, using just what I have right now, I'm probably slower than I was six months ago because of some physical stuff with my back. So, So not only can I not go fast, I'm actually hindered because of the broken, sinful nature of my body itself. Does this make sense? So not only can I initiate and know everything about God, I'm actually broken and can't get there. So I, it is required that God reach out, initiate this understanding. So 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Um, th- there's, this, there's this theme of light all the way through the Scriptures, right? So if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, what does the earth start with? So uh, Let me rephrase this a different way. 
Um, the beginning of the first day, what time of day was it? It was dark, right? The day starts at the night, and it ends in light, right? So even he baked into our calendar this concept that we begin in darkness and we end in light. So as we come into this universe, as, as we are created, we begin in darkness. And if, if we are engaged by him and we understand him and we respond to him, the, the end is light. He built creation to mimic and display the way in which he works in relationship. And I think that's just absolutely amazing. You, you want to talk about a well-designed universe. Yes, <laughs> it reflects the way in which God relates with us. I think it is absolutely beautiful. So, you made me nervous there this morning. I'm so glad to see you. So, good. All right. <clears throat> I actually stuttered twice because I was looking around. I was like, where is Miss Beth? Oh, we need to stop and pray right now. Okay, good. All right, so John 1.18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, He has declared Him. So, the Son declaring the Father. So, let's move into the next concept here. So, Grudem's next quote is sinful people misrepresent the revelation about God found in nature. Sinful people misrepresent the revelation found about God in nature. So, who... Actually, I need you to do something else. Everybody raise your hand real quick. Just, just one hand. Raise your hand. Excellent. Who are sinful people? There we go. Yes, you've answered correctly. We are all sinful. We all misrepresent this. Nobody has the corner market on understanding all of this, right? Um, we homeschool my son. He's in the fifth grade this year, and we use a variety of curriculum. Um, we use, uh, what's some of the curriculum we use, babe? Uh, we use Abeka, right? I know the names of them. I didn't know the subjects. We use Abeka. We use some Bob Jones stuff. We use some, um, what's the new stuff that we've added this year? Answers in Genesis. And they're really good as far as teaching science from a very Bible-based perspective. I've been quite impressed with this. However, as good as they are at that, they don't know everything. And they actually even state, we're not sure about a couple of these things. But the Bible says this, so we're going to go with that, which I think is a phenomenal answer, right? It's a great way to approach things. So, so we are all sinful, and we are all going to misrepresent the revelation about God found in nature. So if you go back to Romans 1 again, let's read a couple. If you've got your Bibles open to Romans 1. Um, if you hadn't figured this out, Romans 1 is... Uh, it's like the key and the lock and the door and the whole nine yards on understanding this whole framework around God exists and the knowability of God. So let's look at verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So God is angry, right? We got that? That's what wrath means. He is angry at people who suppress the truth. And we can all relate to this because you either have kids that have suppressed the truth or you were a kid who suppressed the truth and you ticked off one of your parents because you suppressed the truth relative to perhaps another sibling in your home. Right? Does anybody ever did, anybody remember this? Um, did, who, who broke this? Who broke this? I don't know. It is amnesia. I have no idea. Right? No idea how this, how this happened. I, I mean, I just lost like two hours of my life right there. Don't know. I have no idea. Suppressing the truth. So 
knowing the truth and suppressing it. And looking at verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So the more we suppress, it, it, it seems like the darker things occur. And then verse 25, these folks exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, so we know that we misunderstand things about nature because of our sinful nature. Right? So a couple of the comments here about the, uh, this first big point of the necessity of God to reveal himself to us. Um, so, so what tools do we have? If, if I know that I am sinful... And if I know that I'm going to misinterpret things because of my sinfulness, what tools do I have to help me rightly interpret things? The Holy Spirit of God, right? Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, this is whew, so helpful, right? So incredibly helpful. Because there's a great deal of conviction and correction and then enlightenment as well on understanding and illustrating something that we would read where, Darla? In the Scripture, right? So the Holy Spirit illuminating what is in the Scripture for our understanding to lighten up our ability to even comprehend God and to be able to know Him. So that all these things work in unison to get to light, to get to the knowledge of God, to get to a better relationship with Him. Now, there is a fundamental problem, and the fundamental problem is what I have drawn on the board. Uh, and I have, uh, I didn't put God the box, but God the circle, so... Maybe that's not as bad. I don't know. How many of you, when I drew the circle and said, put God in the box, went, no, you didn't. You didn't. Did anybody do that? Yes, Miss Amy did. Yes. <laughs> Julie did. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, so, and it's really not even a circle. It's more like a, a sad, flat piece of bread, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, so, the, the problem with that is that it implies that you can contain all there is to know about God. Right? Thank you for laughing. I appreciate that. Uh, because it is, a, it is a hilarious concept, right? Because I am a finite, uh, have a, a finite ability to understand things. How am I going to wrap finite around something that is infinitely complex? It's not going to happen. So the next big point Grudem makes is that we can never fully understand God. So if you will circle the word fully on your page, I just want to really stress that concept that you can't fully understand God. That we can't fully understand God. Now, we understand, and we're actually going to study several weeks from now, the concept of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So, in, in my view, there are three persons in the universe that fully understand God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's because they are God. So, if your name is not God the Father, or God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit... We are not going to fully understand God. He is too broad, too vast, too completely overwhelmingly complex, and this is good for us. Right? It is good for us because the creator of the universe wants good for us, which is even more mind-boggling because if you have all kinds of power, that to me would seem problematic, but that's not the way this works in the Scripture. So let's look at a couple of these verses. Uh, Psalm 145.3. Who wants to turn there and read that? Need a hand. Need a hand. Dave Barber's got it. Uh, Psalm 139, 6 and 17. It's a little disconnected verses there. Who's got it? Not everybody all at once. Today's this is the participation portion. Thank you, Miss Stacy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11, and 12. 
Thank you, Miss Trish. Oh, you don't have a Bible. Oh, sorry, and I called you out for it. Is it all printed there? Yeah. Oh, okay, excellent. They're all there on the page. <laughs> so, so this is when you say, hey, stupid. They're all printed there. It's okay. All right, so let's look at a couple of these. So, so the goal here is to pick out what part of God or His characteristics is not fully knowable. All right? Not fully knowable. Not that we couldn't partially understand, but not fully knowable. So Psalm 145.3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is what? Unsearchable. Unsearchable. So, so what is one component of God that we can't really get like all the way your arms around? His greatness, right? Which, which is fantastic. You know, because the, the universe could have existed in a place where this all-powerful being that is in charge of everything was evil. Think about that for a second. We couldn't get our arms around his evil. Just, oh, wow. That's just ter- it's terrifying, isn't it? However, his greatness. We cannot fully understand his greatness. This is a beautiful thing. So Psalm uh, 147.5, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His, what is infinite? His understanding. So his understanding of what? There's a right answer here. His understanding of what? His understanding of what? Yes. Right? Whatever you want to put in that blank. His understanding is infinite. Which, okay, so, so I get a couple of things in life, right? Um, I get a couple of things in life. So gravity, if I drop this piece of paper, what's going to happen? It's going to fall, right? So it falls, right? Um, I don't understand how the atoms changed as I dropped it and it hit the ground and it bent a little bit. God's got all that figured out, no problem. How each atom, how each part of each atom moved through that. Your head's hurting now, isn't it? Yes. I can tell because I got 16. What? Yes, it's okay. It'll get simpler. I promise no more atoms. His understanding is infinite. So his understanding of uh, science things, his understanding of me. There's a verse of the scripture that talks about he knows how many hairs we have on our heads, right? Cool. Now, Some may be easier to count than others, but you're a deacon now, buddy. You're all ga- it's all fun and games still. <laughs> um, but even even still, right? Even the ones, even if you thought, you know what? I bet I can count them all. You just let it rip, big boy. You just go right ahead. What about tomorrow? What about the day after that? What about all the days before you knew that there was even hair on your body? Miss Beth, you're going to bring a little one into the world tomorrow. Is that awesome or what? And that little one is probably going to have a little bit of hair on that body, right? God already knows how many hairs are on that body. Isn't that cool? It's just overwhelming. And that little one has no idea what hair even is. And his understanding is infinite. He knows exactly how to love us. He knows exactly how to draw us to himself. He knows exactly how to knock us upside the head when we get off the path. He knows exactly how to pick us back up after he has knocked us upside the head when we get off the path. It is beautiful. His understanding is infinite. 
What's next? Psalm 139, 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. In another portion of Scripture, it talks about his thoughts toward us are the same as the number of what? Anybody know? Sand in the sea or on the shore, right? And you go, well, I don't know what that number is, but it's a big number. Right? It's one of those numbers that has a lot of zeros in it. Probably that little E with a number at the end of it on your calculator. With you, You're not really sure what that means, but you know it got really big all of a sudden because you probably pushed the wrong number. Um, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. We can't comprehend thinking about something that much. 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11, and 12. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows... For what man knows the things of God of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So we don't understand everything, but the Spirit helps us understand things. And then Romans eleven thirty three. This is this is kind of like the you're baking a cake and. And the cake's good, and that's wonderful, but you don't bake a cake to eat the cake, right? I mean, let's get real. Why do you eat cake? The frosting and the icing, absolutely. It's the only purpose for a cake is to hold the frosting, okay? I mean, the cake is fine. That is nice. And if you are the person that only eats the cake, there will be a uh, portion of the service uh, at the end of the worship service where you can repent uh, and just really get your heart right because that's just not the purpose for cake. Romans 11.33 is the frosting on this argument. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. But just, it's beyond what we can understand. It is absolutely beautiful. So, so not only can we not un- fully understand God, Grudem goes on to make the point that we can never fully understand any, here's your next blank, any single thing about God, which I think is even more vastly mind-boggling. I keep doing this this morning, and that's because it just hurts my head, right? There's no one component that I can fully understand about God. That is awesome. <laughs> this, is, this is encouraging for tomorrow, because His love and His mercy and His grace will be vast tomorrow and beyond my understanding, and I can trust Him that He has got more understanding and knowledge and wisdom and riches than I can possibly understand. He's got this covered. He's got this figured out. This is beautiful for us. Isaiah 55.9. Is that listed in your notes? Smarty pants. Okay. <laughs> Who's got Isaiah 55.9? I hear pages turn. Okay, Abby's got 55.9, and then we're going to be in Job for a couple of verses. So Job 26.14. Dave Barber's got Job 26.14. Job 11.7-9. Job 11.7-9. Miss Darla, can you do Job 11.7-9? Thank you. And then Job 37.5. That whole last chunk of Job, you could probably just read those several chapters where God just kind of goes, look, I'm just going to take you to school for a second on how big I am and how little you actually understand, even though... You've done really well in business and life, but you still really don't understand anything about me. Um, so who's got Job 
Keith, great. So Isaiah 55, 9, who had that? Miss Abby, go for it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So most of the time we use this verse to describe, well, I don't know what God's really doing here, but he, he's, he's got this figured out and he understands. Yes. Yes. And that's probably as far as we'll ever get. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We're not going to figure it out. Um, and, and, and so I'm going to talk about myself for a second. So I have a degree in math, which means I like X to equal something. Okay? There should be an answer that you can circle at the end and plug back in and check. And yeah, we've got an answer. This is good. And when, when his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and X doesn't equal When you default back to, for the Lord, he is good, right? And his richness and his love and his mercy and his grace endure. And you trust that as opposed to X equals something because this is different. So who's got uh, Job 2614? Is that Dave? Yep. The thunder of his power, who can understand? How many of us know when thunder is going to boom? Like I know 16 days, 14 hours, 39 minutes, and 16 seconds from now, there's going to be thunder right here. Boom. (laughs) No way, right? I don't even know when it's going to happen. And he knows this. All these things that are just vast beyond our understanding. Who's got Job 11, 7, 8, and 9? It's like it was over here. Yes. The mysteries of God, you probe the limits of the Almighty. They are higher than the heavens. They're higher than what? Heavens. How high are the heavens? Have you been to the heavens, Ms. Darla? No. So since I have not been there, I'm going to say I cannot understand it. So we'll go with that. They're higher than the heavens. Yes. Keep going. The deep things of God. So not only are there things that that I know a little bit about that God knows everything about, there are deep things that I don't even know what he's talking about here. (laughs) Have you ever talked to an expert in something and about five seconds into the conversation realized, I I don't know any of the words you're using, (laughs) so can you stop using those and use some smaller ones that I understand? I made the mistake of asking Daniel Himes uh, what he did for a living once. And he teaches fluid dynamics to Ph.D. students so that they can then do rocket science. This was my summary after 30 minutes of him trying to just... And I have a degree in math, so I at least understood the... I really didn't understand the math. Um, some of the terms in there. It's like, I know that word. I feel good. Yes. We don't even know the subjects God's talking about here when he says the deep things of God. I don't don't even know what that is. I have no idea. (laughs) So so when, when you went to school, you studied a subject, right? And you walked into that classroom 
and the teacher told you we're studying English today. Oh great, that's wonderful. So there are classrooms of knowledge that I don't even know exist that his understanding of those is infinite. <laughs> right? Is this not beautiful? It's absolutely beautiful. I love it. Who's got the last one, Job? 37.5. 37, yes. I may not have said 37.5 before, so. Hang on just a second. This is how you read scripture. Thank you. Do it again. He does what kind of things? He does great things. He does great things. Keith, did he save you? Absolutely. Is that a great thing? It is. Is that beyond your understanding? Yes, it is. He does great things. And it is gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful. All right, so now, uh, the, the learning we get from this is the next blank. We will never run out of things to learn about him. Now, for those of you that are academic types that like to learn, this is a, yeah, awesome, this is great. And for those of you that hated every second of school, you're like, come on, I'm never going to pass the test. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. We're never going to learn all about it. But we never get to tire in delighting to learn more about him. Right? There is always more to learn about God. Now, I have, I have put a lot of emphasis on the way that I have said things so far in this lesson about learning about God. But that is not the goal, right? The goal is not to learn about God. The goal is to, what was the title of this lesson? No. To know God, right? That is the goal. Now, sometimes we can learn things. We can get to know someone by learning things about them. Right? Yeah. So last week we talked about people that you may have uh, lived with at some point in your life that were not relatives. And you learn things about them and about yourself as you go through this process. Right? So we all understand that there are things that you can know about somebody as a result of being around them. But we're never going to understand all about God. And that's okay. That is absolutely okay. Um, Grudem's got a quote here. He says, Even in the age to come, when we are freed from the presence of sin, we will never be able to fully understand God or any one thing about Him. This is seen from the fact that the passages cited so far attribute God's incomprehensibility. I think I ought to get points for pronouncing that right. Not to our sinfulness, but to His infinite greatness. So this is a twofold sword here, right? So the reason we don't understand God fully, one, is that He's just too big. Right? And two, we're broken. You ever tried to use a broken tool to solve a problem? You're like, tool, you're broken. This is angry. So that device is not broken. It was great. Um, uh, we have a very, I know this is going to shock you. Okay, so just get ready. We have a very limited tool selection at my house. Um, the reason for this is extraordinarily clear, and that's because Daniel Goebel, who lives three-tenths of a mile away from me, has an extensive tool collection at his house, which is great. 
Um, you could put all the tools that I own in our house, um, looking for a very small, there's not a small enough container in this room that you could put them all in. Uh, they may fit in two of those little seats over there, I would say. Maybe. Maybe. And have a little room to wiggle around a little bit. I mean, there's just not a lot of, right? We are broken tools, trying to understand something that is infinitely complex. Don't be angry at yourself when you don't understand the infinite. It's okay. The deck is stacked against us from the beginning on understanding this. There's, there's, there's not, we don't have enough cards to play to understand. Okay, this is the way this works. So let's keep moving. Um, I'm gonna skip through a little bit here and kind of go to the next big section. Yet we can know God truly. We can know God truly. So here's my little statement. I know my wife, that quote, does not mean I know everything about my wife. Would you say amen to that, Julie? Amen. Okay. But it does mean I know more than, and put your name in that blank. Okay? You can put your name in that blank. Because I guarantee you that I know more about that girl right there than anybody else in this room. And she is scared to death what I'm about to say next. <laughs> and because I know more about her than anybody else in this room, I am not going to say anything next about that. Because i got more sense than that. So, um, so we can understand some things without understanding everything. We all inherently get this. This makes sense. So, so Grudem's next quote, We can know some of God's thoughts, even many of them from Scripture. Right? Because he wrote them down for us. Thank you for that. It's very helpful. It helps us understand and put a framework together of understanding of what's going on. Um, so let's look at Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Everybody flip over to Jeremiah 9. We'll end with this text, I think, today. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Right? If we're going to celebrate about something, is that we understand and know God. Because the me is the capital there, not the H. This is us understanding Him, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. He delights in loving kindness and judgment and righteousness. But He also delights, if you go back further in the sentence, in us knowing Him. Is this beautiful or what? So even though He is not fully knowable, he delights in us knowing Him. Push into that relationship. Get to know Him. Now, I'm going to end with this statement and then a question. Grudem says, The fact that we do know God Himself is further demonstrated by the realization that the richness of the Christian life includes a personal relationship with God. Right? Now, we can understand all these other things, and that's great. But we get to have a personal relationship with God. There is richness here. There is blessing here. So my question is, 
in purple there, how are you availing yourself of this richness? What are we doing with this? Do we let it sit? Do we press into that? Do we not care and lean back? Do we dive in and try to get to know God more? One of the things that I love about Growth Track 2 is it's got a couple sections in it about the reason we do prayer and Bible study. And the reason we do prayer and Bible study is for the purpose of knowing God. It is not for the purpose of knowing more about God. It is not for the purpose of praying. It is not for the purpose of Bible study. Those are vehicles that get you to a better relationship. It is about the relationship. It is not about those things. Those things facilitate this. Each one of you this morning got in a vehicle that facilitated you being here today. It was not about driving the vehicle. It was about getting to the destination. The destination is the relationship with God. Does this make sense? Yes. And we will drive in these vehicles the rest of eternity, and we will never fully know Him. He is that complex. He is that vast. He is that infinite. And that is good for us. Because His goodness will last beyond our ability to ever understand it. Is that awesome or what? I have loved this lesson this week because it's just been, I felt like I've had weights tied to my legs and I've been at the bottom of the Marianas Trench completely overwhelmed with the bigness of how big God is all week long. And I finally got to get it out. I was about to explode this week. So I'm thrilled that this is out. Now we have one more thing to do as a class. I believe I mentioned, did I not, that Miss Beth has a big day tomorrow. Um, so we're going to take a couple of minutes of our prayer time and gather around and lay hands on Miss Beth um, and pray for her. Do, do we have a specific time tomorrow? Of course not, because we wouldn't want to script that too, right? Good. Excellent. So let's so this is where we stand up and like move over this way. Yep. So this is a this is a New Testament thing that is really kind of cool. Um, it's one of my favorite things that we do. So everybody grab somebody, and uh, we'll pray for Miss Beth to have a great day tomorrow for things to go smoothly, for God to be glorified, and for Josh to be here. here. Yes. Excellent. Let's pray, guys. Father, we, uh, we lift up your name this morning, and we are, we are utterly awed and amazed at how big you are and how infinite you are. And uh, we, we readily acknowledge this morning our smallness in the universe. But, Lord, we relish the fact that we get to know you. And, Father, we relish the fact that you continually bring new life into this world and we praise you for the new life that uh, is in Miss Beth right now. We, we ask that you would bring this tomorrow smoothly and safely. Father, we ask for expediency that Josh would be able to be here and participate, uh, just to be able to be a, a calming, comforting uh, force in that room. And Father, we pray that, that the doctors would have wisdom. We pray for a healthy, screaming little baby tomorrow, Lord, that would but just by the, the sound of that voice that we be reminded that you love life and that you scream it through their voices when they come into the universe saying, I am alive. And Father, we thank you that, that you have done so many wonderfully and beautiful things with us today. We thank you that, uh, that you remind us over and over and over how good you are. 
Father, tomorrow we will be praying again for Miss Beth, that she have a great day and that this little one has a wonderful entrance into this world. Father, we pray for Beth and Josh that they would be great parents as they have been to Miss Olive, that they would be dedicated and committed to bringing this child to church so that we could help love this child as well and that this child would quickly become to know you and quickly come to a knowledge of salvation. We love you, Lord, and we ask for a great day tomorrow. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you'll spend just a minute or two at your tables, wrapping up in prayer for their prayer requests, we will uh, be dismissed. Thanks for coming today.